Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's special guest is Luke Fenwick. Luke, welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, beautiful to be here on this fine, sunny Melbourne day in summer. (laughs) Yes. Well, sunny for now. We'll see how we go later. Luke, I've read a lot about what you do, but for our audience listening today, just let us know what you do and why you started. Yeah. So, I'm a life coach. And as you know, there's lots of different life coaches out there. I call myself a, a life impact coach. So, For me, it's how do I create as much impact in someone's life and and it's not necessarily, you know, just in a spiritual way. A lot of people focus on spiritual stuff. For for me, it's, you know, how do I help people understand, you know, their story and some of their their beliefs and habits and how do I then, you know, create new habits with them in order to create, you know, a fulfilling legacy. So a lot of my work is around people saying, you know, life might be good, it's not great or, you know, life is really difficult. But I'm starting to really ponder, you know, what is my legacy and, you know, I'm not really happy with it. Help. You know, where do I start? Mm. What do I do? And all those kind of bits and pieces. So that's what my role is. And I'm looking to impact a million lives by 2025. That's my really big, you know, ambitious number. But, you know, where did I where did I start and how did I get here? Well, you know, that's an interesting story. And, you know, many, many years ago, I won't bore you too much with the early stuff, but did a lot of what many people did and, and did retail. So I was in retail for 15 years, worked at Meyer and Jeans West and started off opening shoeboxes in a reserve and worked all the way through to, you know, uh, management, regional manager, you know, planning and development in store fit outs and so on and so forth and left there and then went and worked for LVMH. So Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, and I, I worked in the Moet Hennessy part, so liquor. So Moet and Chandon, you know, Dom Perignon, Belvedere, Berkeley all these kind of, you know, beautiful brands that a lot of people enjoy this time of year and, you know, Christmas and New Year's. And that was a beautiful kind of job, you know, travelled the world and, you know, ate at Vudemond regularly and Nobu and all these kinds of places. And I kind of say that to paint a picture and, you know, we had a partnership with Roger Federer. So, you know, we'd go to the tennis and, you know, meet Roger at parties and, why I say this is it was a it was kind of a lavish lifestyle, but I learned a lot and you know really did some fantastic things there and left that and went and you know worked in basketball. You know I was really passionate about the sport. Met Larry Kesselman who had just purchased the um, the NBL in 2015. He was the guy that founded Dodo for many years ago and sold it for about 300 million. So met him and had the opportunity to go and work with Vince Crivelli at Melbourne United to help you know, bring the sport back of basketball and, you know, really enjoyed that. I had a lot of passion and purpose behind it and loved looking around on game day and seeing the mums and dads in the stands and enjoying the sport of basketball and and left there and, and got into advertising and, and marketing. Again, big global business and and it was a horrible place for me and you know, not a horrible place for people. It's certainly, you know, a, a great place for many people in that organisation, but it wasn't right for me and, and that led to, you know, a, you know, a breakdown as such, you know, stress, anxiety, you know, all of these kinds of things, you know, wasn't being a good dad and husband and wasn't being a great person. You know, that was mm. the challenge that was in front of me. 
And then that led to this breakthrough in regards to, well, you know, I want to be the best person I can be. And then, you know, so on and so forth. You know, I'd, I'd done a Tony Robbins thing years ago and always had pictured doing some life coaching and always coached and mentored in a in a corporate world. But I was like, no, I need to make some changes and, you know, so on and so forth. And eventually got to the point where, you know, I'll start my own business and and launch, you know, Dawn of Legacy, the life, life coaching and and then here we are here today after, you know, many moments of struggle and a lot of reflection and awareness and just trying to, you know, figure things out as we do from time to time. Mm. Sounds like a very busy lifestyle that you used to lead. Yeah, you know, you're always out, you know, the Moet Hennessy side of things, there was always an event to go to, a party to go to. There was a lot of travel interstates, overseas. Mm. There was always something going on at that point in time. Early on, you know, I, I wasn't married and didn't have didn't have a little boy. And then I got into basketball and that was that was 24-7 kind of thing. You're always trying to engage with new people. You're always trying to make sure sponsors are happy. You know, how do you take the business forward? Because when I got involved, the NBL was in this rebirth, you know, you know, phase where it was mm. how do we just get people, you know, falling in love with the brand again? So there was always something to do. So that was a lot of you know, late nights and weekends, especially around game day. And, um, you know, I kind of it led to this whole maybe I wasn't as present as I could be with my partner at the time who's now my wife. But I didn't realise these things until further down the track when you start to, you know, really take stock of what's going on and think of, you know, is this what life's about? Is this how I want to be mm. as a person? And, you know, all the things that I spoke about before. And then you go, yeah. we need to make some changes. Yeah. So have you always been a naturally motivated person or did something sort of happen in your life to spark you into action? Yeah, early on, I'd always tried to do more, you know, I wasn't a great student in high school by any stretch of the imagination. You know, if I'm really honest, I was, you know, I was a pretty poor student, to be quite honest. You know, I realised that university wasn't for me. Fell into retail because mum basically said, get out of bed, go get a job. So got into that. But that quickly turned into, okay, what can I do next? What can I do next? And quickly went through that organisation and then also quickly went through, you know, how do I head into some of these other you know, places, you know, how do I get into this position in luxury goods and how does that become a next job and the next job and the next job? So there was a lot of, you know, not really enjoying that moment of, you know, I'm here now, I'm in this process of learning and understanding, you know, let's enjoy this and let's not be scared of failure. I was just like, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, which ended up causing a lot of problems you know later on in life you know in recent times when I when I kind of go okay well you've got to enjoy it you know if you're not enjoying it if you're not looking at you know signing up for the challenges along the way if you're only signing up to have the success in the moment then you know that that can cause problems and it can certainly take away from that ability just to be present with the people that are around you. Yeah for sure. So how do you now in your present life recognise when you're starting to feel a little overwhelmed or like you're chasing something again rather than just being present in the moment and appreciating the work that you're doing day by day? Yeah, I'm, I've tried to be really aware on where those, you know, where those kind of pitfalls are for mm. me and control was a really big one for me. You know, how do I control a situation? How do I be perfect in a situation 
you know, two and a half year old boy, you know, there's not a lot of perfect and there's not a lot of control. So, but I'm, I'm really aware now that these are the times where, you know, I need to kind of pause and go, well, hey, you know, it's okay. It's not going to be perfect. It is going to be a little messy. It's going to be a little clunky. So those kind of, you know, I talk to clients about, you know, thrive, survive and crash dive things. Like I'm really clear with those for me personally. Mm. I've got a really good routine now that I try to stick to in, in regards to, you know, my mornings is, you know, get up at six o'clock, do some mindfulness, you know, stay off social media, don't even look at that kind of stuff, get into the garage and hit the gym, at, you know, a little bit after six and have that kind of routine as well. But I try to have a good structure, but I'm also really mindful too, as I was saying before, let go of perfection because mm. as soon as you start to say everything needs to be perfect like that's just setting yourself up to fail at some stage or another so it's i've just let go i've learned to let go a little bit more but i'm still learning you know we all we all do up until hopefully you know the day that we pass away we're learning lessons all the way along but i'm mm. just you know just being really mindful of those things I can definitely feel myself shifting in the seat as you talk about this stuff because I am admittedly a bit of a control freak myself and I do thrive off structure and routine and I'm definitely at my best when I have, you know, something routine and a plan to follow. But it is, I think, in trying to find the ability to let go a little bit where you do have the opportunity for some growth and some fun and some joy in the moment and in the company you keep. Absolutely. And, you know, I often say, you know, how do you make your decisions? Like what process do you go through when you're making decisions? And sometimes like, well, I don't have a clue how I make decisions. And it's okay, well, you know, do you need clarity and information? Do you need to speak to people and have a sounding board? Do you freeze, you know, before making any decision? Do you freak out and have this, oh, my God, you know, am I going to do the right things? Like what are you searching for? And, again, when you have that understanding, it enables you to go, right, this is how my mind works. And over time, you can then start to maybe introduce things to change slightly or work on, you know, different behaviours as well. Mm. Um, not necessarily around a repetition and, you know, you need to do something for 21 days. That's that's not what it's sure. about. It's, it's about having this, this is why I'm doing it. This is how I can change it. This is why it matters so much to me to not be hung up on some of these things. Mm. So as someone who's been through, you know, moments of breakdown or burnout yourself, do you recall how you took the first steps to sort of pull you out, pull yourself out of that slump? Yeah, I, you know, my wife has been really supportive and it was certainly, they were some of the biggest conversations. You know, I don't mind saying I went and saw a, went and saw a counsellor as well. You know, we were talking with each other and, you know, my wife's like, hey, do we go do this together? I'm like, no, like this is stuff that I need to to work through. But a lot of it was talking. Yeah. And for so many years, you know, I'm 44 now, but probably for 43 years, you know, if you can count all the way at the start, you know, I wouldn't talk about things or I'd bottle it up or I wouldn't understand what that particular emotion was you know was it Mm. hurt was it confusion was it pain was it anger and if it was any of those confronting emotions I just as what a lot of men do just push them down ignore it move on to something else so for me the really important things were talking you know sharing these kind of you know this is what I'm going through at the moment and also when work became a really you know big challenge for me and it wasn't working out how I envisaged it to be, 
I'd always push through you know, all of these other jobs. And I had high-pressure jobs before. It's not like any of the work I'd done was, was easy and basic. Mm. There was a lot of pressure and a lot of really ambitious people, especially at LVMH and, and at um, Melbourne United. You know, you're talking about a guy that's nearly worth a billion dollars, so he doesn't get there overnight without ambition. But mm. you know, I started to look at it and say, is this where I'm at right now for my long term? You know, is it giving me any happiness? Well, it wasn't giving happiness, which certainly wasn't leading to any kind of form of fulfillment. And then I was like, okay, you know, battling on here is not going to be worth it. This is not one of those ones where you just got to keep going, 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 going to try and make a difference because it was making a mess in all of these other areas of my life in regards to my wife and, you know, my relationship with my little boy and those around me. And I was like, no, I recognise this talk to people that matter most, seek to counsel and then started to make those actions to move forward. Yeah. So I think, I mean, you know, still in 2020 there's this feeling in society that, you know, men shouldn't talk about their feelings or their emotions and that it's quite normal to bottle things up and perhaps not share as well as Mm. women do. That's a, you know, general statement. But it is so embedded in our society. So how do you think we move forward together in trying to help everyone, regardless of gender, to feel comfortable enough to just talk and ask for help? Yeah, it's that it's that permission piece, really. You know, everything that happens in society is due to, you know, people taking charge and leading, you know, whether or not it's, you know, rights movements or, you know, movement around sexuality or, you know, there's been all these movements before and it's around people saying, hey, this is a conversation we need to have and the issues that we're faced with right now. And if you look at things like, you know, whether or not it is, you know, depression or suicide or homelessness, you know, what some, you know, men have done to their partners, you know, there's there's a lot there that we just can't ignore so it is about saying yes we give permission to have this conversation and then it's also to say you know let's make some change you know some of the things that we hold on to as a society now were formed 100 200 300 400 years ago mm-hmm. and we no longer live in that that space there is a lot of challenges around us in regards to you know social media and you know how do we keep up in a commercial kind of consumer society so we just need to talk yeah. And we need to own up within ourselves as well to recognise, you know, this is what's going on. You know, I need to make some changes. Mm. And it is tough and it does involve, you know, the people that are around you to rely on them for that support as well when you are prepared to say, hey, you know, I need some help or I just want to talk or yeah. as simple as saying oh, I'm not okay. Yeah, 100%. You you mentioned before, you know, women do it really well in regards to sharing emotions and feelings and getting around each other and actually talking about it in an environment that isn't, you know, a late night after six beers and all this kind of stuff, you Mm. know, and then they're able to share and express those emotions, you know, and that's, that's the thing that we need to do as guys is share these emotions. This is what I'm going through. You know, when I first became a dad, all these conversations with other dads, you know, in regards to, well, this is what you struggle with, this is what you go through, this is how you can help your partner. And until you actually bring it up, you don't know these things. Mm. We often 
won't accept or won't ask for help. It's like those, you know, instructions on the IKEA stuff, which I'm terrible at, by the way. I can't put <laughs> them together with IKEA. <laughs> around those kind of instructions. Mm. Uh, I'm, can you see me? Yes. The whole IKEA piece is that we, you know, we don't ask for help on any mm. of these things and we just need to say, I need help, talk to me about this. I'm struggling with it at the moment and move forward because chances mm. are the people that you talk to have been through similar stuff. You know, no one is mm. perfect in this, this fallacy that we hold on to quite often that we're all perfect and we don't make mistakes and if I do make a mistake, it's just a tiny one, is just crazy. So yes. give yourselves a break and, and let go of these things and, mm. and um, you know, try to move forward. Yeah, great advice. So after everything you've learned over the years in these, you know, high-flying roles and the decision you've now made to take it a bit easier and, you know, really manage your time better and more effectively, what sort of tools do you use now to balance the demands of still a busy lifestyle but perhaps maybe not as later nights as you used to have? Yeah, <laughs> not as many events. The events and late nights and, and you know, travel around the world is, mm. is really different. But, you know, absolutely this whole structure piece is important. And, you know, I'm sure you have spoken about a lot of that in regards to, you know, setting time in the day for, you know, when do you focus on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, when do you focus on certain parts of your business, you know, when is the family kind of moments. Absolutely, I try to look at it and say, well, you know, what are the priorities you know, how do you say that these are the four, five, six priorities, whatever they might be, not too many because the more you create, the harder it is to actually accomplish them. Yeah. But what are the priorities that you are doing at the moment that are leading into that kind of big vision and goal that you are working on versus tasks? You know, those tasks are often things that we are doing that are actually for other people and it's their priorities. So how do you introduce more more priorities into your world and that, that's certainly something that I focus on. Mm. And then there's all these other things around the mind too that, you know, what, what I struggled with originally was that gratification piece. You know, a lot of my gratification and self-worth was, you know, how do I get the next, you know, big job or how do I get the next pay rise or how do I get the next kind of flash car and all these kinds of things. Mm. So where do you find your self-worth and gratification? You know, what is your what is your bigger reason that you're doing all of these things as well? And and certainly the fulfillment piece is important because, you know, happiness and you know, we talk about happiness all the time and happiness is really is great to have, but I often say that it's kind of that veneer that sits on the surface and it's easily broken and certainly easy to smudge, whereas fulfillment's a lot deeper. So fulfillment is around that you know, enjoying the challenge and, you know, enjoying the the ups and downs and doing, you know, things for people around you and community and whatnot. So, you know, how do I combat what you were talking about before? Well, it's yes, have structure. Um, yes, focus on, you know, the priority versus the task. Mm-hmm. But then how do I actually live with some more fulfillment and not just look at whatever the glossy, shiny thing is that's next on the list to achieve that's only going to bring me happiness. Yeah, it's a tough one, that's for sure. And I know even in speaking about some of the things that used to, you know, give you that feeling of joy and success, it it is 
often attached to ego, particularly when we're in, you know, big roles or running business and we have these measures of success that are, you know, attached to shiny things and uh, press and metrics that we set for ourselves. So it is hard, yeah, to sort of detach yourself from that. Yeah, it is. And, you know, there's this element in the community that talks about, well, you know, you don't have ego and there's some, you know, beautiful books that talk about no ego, no ego, which, you know, having ego to a degree is important. You know, mm, for sure. Ego gets us to bed and it gets us moving and yeah. it gets us saying, and how do I grow and expand and, you mm. know, how do I, you know, achieve. But it's some of these other characteristics and qualities that you want to make sure that you have in your life, which is really important as well. So mm. you know, how do you have that, you know, that gratitude, you know, and that grateful element for you? How do you make sure that, you know, you are always coming from a place of understanding and, and you know, looking at a particular situation from how do you learn and give as opposed to, you know, some of these egoic, you know, terms that people talk about. But, you mm. know, ego, ego we need to have. Yeah. Having it in check and understanding where it is and what's going on with it and not letting it drive you forward in everything that you do. Sure. It's a balancing act like everything else. Well, yeah, yeah, it it is all a balancing act. Mm. You know, we we often don't have the ability just to sit on the beach and and you know meditate or you know move to you know a cave or something like that and have nothing around us. You know, we do live in a world and a society where things are coming at us every single day from all these different angles. So, you know, mm. when you talk about balance, there absolutely you're hitting the nail on the head. You know, having balance in all of these areas. And having that understanding about what matters most to you mm-hmm. is absolutely critical. And the only way that you can do these things is by taking the time to, you know, reflect and pause, take stock of where you're at and, you know, what you mentioned before, talk and share and, you know, and learn and you know, get, get some of these, you know, outside conversations happening from you know, maybe not necessarily just your best friend, but people mm. that, you know, you value their advice or, you know, sometimes you're, it's really important to speak to people that have gone through some of this stuff. Like how do you, we've all got 24 hours in the day, right? Yeah. You take away sleep and, you know, the other things that are just, you know, you need to have to survive that I was talking about before, but mm-hmm. how do you multiply your hours in the day to get the maximum out of it? And often that is by seeking counsel from people that, have been there and done that, that can share with you, like, this is something that you should be looking at. And then then you can take note and figure out, is that for you? Does it line up with all these other things that I'm doing in my life and the qualities that I'm trying to live by? And then and then move forward. Mm, fantastic advice. And you may have just asked this question, but I was going to ask finally, what's one tip you would share with someone who is going through their own version of uh, breakdown or burnout right now, just for pulling themselves gently out of the slump and moving forward. Yeah, like you know, I, I see you, and you know, and I I hear you, and you know, I understand people are scared or you know they're frustrated, and you know, often just going, you know, where do I go to next, and and will this kind of end? You know, will I be able to move forward? And you know, my answer to to those people that might be listening to this is that it will end and you will be able to move forward and, you know, just 
take the time to understand what's going in on your life at the moment. Take the time to understand the lesson that needs to be learned in this particular moment that you're going through and, you know, accept it what it is, you know, as challenging as it might be and as painful as it might be and as scary as it might be, just what is the lesson? What can I learn from it? And what is that one little step that I can make like right now in order to start to move forward? So, you know, don't look too far down the road. And if that's about getting out of your seat, going for a walk outside, you know, and reflecting about what's happening on in your life and saying the things that I just spoke about then, then do that. Don't overcomplicate it. But we've been there, you know, we all go through these things and it's okay. You know, you will find a way out of it, but just, you know, learn from this. I think that's probably the biggest lesson that I could mm. I could say to someone. Perfect. Awesome advice. Luke, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. You know, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and have a chat. So it's wonderful work that you're doing. It's fantastic that you're, you know, raising that conversation. So and allowing people to to talk about this. So well done. Look after yourself and, and speak to you soon. Thanks, Luke. Take care. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, the Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.